This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwat, and we are on the edge of our collective seats as it is trade deadline Monday, March 21st, as we record this. Horwat is on the tweet deck getting ready to see if any trades come across the wire. We're going to talk about the Penguins acquiring Nathan Beaulieu, and if by chance, and not by chance, because this is going to happen, if there's a trade made after this recording, after this episode is up, we will be releasing a reactions episode. Shit, we might even go live on Twitter with a reactions episode to a Pittsburgh Penguins trade, because I feel like there's one coming. I don't know about you, but I think that Tyler Bertuzzi or Connor Garland are going to be a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins by 3 o'clock Eastern time. Ah. You know, I'm not going to throw names out. I know you might want me to later, and I'm sure I'll say a name because you asked. For (laughs) now, I'm not throwing names out because, like I said, I don't predict trades. I say, give me the names that we have, and I will let you know my thoughts then. Um, Plus, this is just impossible to predict. I don't think anybody saw Mark – sorry, LTIR assistance. I don't think anybody saw that coming through. The dude's Mm -hmm. not playing. We're not losing a pick. Congratulations. How much time does he have left on his deal? This is the last year. Ah! You're welcome. Remember, I think it was two or three years ago the Penguins got... I mean, we'll talk about all of this in the second segment. But, like, two or three years ago, the Penguins got... I believe his name is Chris Weidman. Also, did or I something just, like that. Did I call him Mark Bowie because that's my fault? I don't know where I yeah, got that Yeah, it's Nathan Bowie. I didn't hear what you said. I thought I, you were trying to say Mark Donk or something. May as well have been. Um, yes. But you know what? For what it's worth, if he plays, I don't hate it, but he's not going to play. He's not going to touch the ice. Uh, this is good news for Mark Friedman, but we'll touch on that in the second segment as well. Before we do that, let's talk about the Penguins weekend that was. We're not going to get too deep into it just because it is trade deadline day. We don't want to spend too much time on here because we want to keep, you know, keep, keep track of what's going on. So the Penguins finished their road trip, three games, two, one, and oh, they finished it with a three to two shootout win against the St. Louis Blues and a hard fought game. And then they win four to one in Arizona against the Coyotes. They absolutely blew the doors off the Coyotes, but it didn't come till later in the game. It was one to one into the third period. Malkin scores a goal. Crosby scores two. And now all of a sudden, the Penguins, once again, the best road team in the National Hockey League. We don't often say that. Usually, the Penguins, one of the best home teams in the National Hockey League. But this year, Road Warriors, the boys in black and gold. Sorry, there's a dog barking outside. Everything is distracting me today. Um, but yes, the, the road games, It's this is what you want to see because what is what are some of the hardest games to win in the postseason? It's the road games. That's why home ice advantage is so important come pl- uh, playoff time. If the boys are able to just maintain that momentum of being successful on the road into the offseason, um, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to mm-hmm. see those, e- not easy victories, but those hard-fought victories. The, the, the Phoenix game. The Arizona game looked phenomenal. It was an absolute mm-hmm. domination of a game. You know it's something when Kasperi Kapanen is finally cashing in on one. Yeah. And not even that, though. It was Kasperi Kapanen scoring a goal. Sidney Crosby getting a couple. Malkin getting one that he fought all game for. Malkin mm-hmm. picking up his 1,000th penalty minute. I need a t-shirt of that. It, so much was just going right for the Penguins, and it just seemed like 
everything was working in their favor. Now, granted, it's a very not that great Arizona Coyotes team. But you know what? Scott Wedgwood, no matter any what team he's on, when we play him, looks like a Vesna ca- candidate. <laughs> but we were able to def- uh, find, find the ways to beat him, and it was just a good, hard-fought victory. And you, you love games like that. Now let's bring it home. Yeah, when you look at that game, obviously the Penguins had almost 50 shots on goal. To only get a couple goals past Scott Wedgwald is just peak what the Penguins are right now. And they're a team that is controlling every aspect of the game, but they're not finishing on their chances. Now that could be addressed today as the NHL trade deadline is coming to a head. But the thing that I did also like from the Arizona Coyotes game is the fact that in the month of March, the Coyotes, now the first game they only scored two goals, but they won against the Colorado Avalanche. Then after that, Eight goals, nine goals, five goals, two again, but then five goals and six goals leading to that game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins able to shut them down and only give up one goal to the Arizona Coyotes. While they aren't a great team, they have been a really offensively you know, firepower team the last couple of weeks, at least in this month. So it was nice to see Tristan Jari play pretty well. It was nice to see the Pittsburgh Penguins able to go out there and get the victory and shut down a team that has been red hot as of late in the goal scoring category yeah they've been pretty good lately and it's not even like their one goal found the back of the net it just squeaked through Tristan Jari played Mm -hmm. pretty well on top of his skull for I forget how many saves it wasn't a bunch it wasn't 50 yeah but um that means your defense in front of you is also making sure they're not shooting the puck and they're stopping uh the opposing offense it's about just getting the little things done right. If you're not mm-hmm. facing a ton of shots, then you better be stopping all of them. For the most part, he did. He doesn't get kicked in the head. I bet he has a shutout that game. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. And the point I take away from this is, obviously, it's nice to have a winning road trip. Obviously, it's nice to be the best road team statistically in the National Hockey League. But the nicest thing to me is seeing the way that they played in all three of those games. They would have won the Nashville game if, one, they find some finishing, which that will come eventually, you have to imagine. And two, if UC Soros wasn't absolutely probably one of the best goaltending performances that we've seen all season from any team in the National Hockey League. So you got to love the way the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing. Obviously, you want a little bit more finish in there. They have about a month and a week, maybe like four or five weeks left in the regular season to be able to find that scoring touch. And who knows, maybe a guy like Bertuzzi coming in will uh, kick that thing off. I, that's the that's the train I'm going to ride the entire episode, Horwat. You can ride that train all you want, but... Uh, so... I know this isn't a trade, but it's just a quick little tidbit of because people keep saying Garland, uh, Steve Dangle. I don't know how far inside he is for today, but he's got a couple of notes. He thinks Garland might go to the Atlantic, so we'll go from there. See, with Dangle, I don't really – like he's saying he might go to the Atlantic. He's also an Atlantic division – he covers an Atlantic division team, and the Atlantic division has been – the arms race is ridiculous, but like who can afford him right now? The Bruins paid a lot of money to get Lindholm. We'll talk about it. You know, Tampa Bay, they've traded a lot of pieces to get a couple pieces back this weekend. Florida has done a lot of moves. So I don't know. We'll see. I think nobody knows until they know. Correct. That's usually how it always goes. Everyone can tweet nonsense. Um, these are just things that he's heard. I mean, there was that, okay. that Vancouver is trying to move Tanner Pearson. We shouldn't have gotten rid of him in the first place. So you know what, Jr. Bring him home. Um, Jr. Vancouver. 
Oh, 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 other side of the things. Yeah, I was like, Ron Hextall? Uh, send him yeah. home, JR, send him home. Send him home, okay. Um, yeah, other teams in on Andrew Kopp, including Toronto and Florida. He knows a lot of... Oh, Can- I'm sure he... I'm, I'm sure Canada it's not... Canada Atlantic talk, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's not unsubstantiated, but at the same exact time, I mean, hey, Andrew Kopp wouldn't be a bad piece for the Penguins. No, but they already had, they already had their deal with Winnipeg. We'll talk about that. But let, before we get to that, let's quickly look at how busy the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be. Whoever ends up being traded to the Penguins, they got to get have to get here in a pretty decent amount of time because the Penguins have five games in the next eight days, starting tomorrow night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they have the Blue Jackets tomorrow. The Sabres in Buffalo on Wednesday, and then the Rangers at MSG the first time for the Penguins this season at MSG on Friday. So three games in four days. Then they play again on Sunday against the Red Wings at home. Then they play next Tuesday against the Rangers at home. So while the stretch isn't built with as many top-tier teams, the Penguins have a lot of games in a short amount of time. So we'll have to see what happens with all of that. Horwat, when you look at that schedule there, obviously the Rangers games are the biggest ones, right? Yes, they are, because those that's the – I mean, we've already had measuring stick games, but that's going to be a big one considering placement in the um, – I was at Atlantic – the Metro Division and the division mm-hmm. race that is uh, between us, uh, the Hurricanes, and the Rangers. It's going to be a tough one, so those are going to be the important ones, the point swing games, as always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even the Capitals have thrown their hat into the ring the last couple of weeks. They did lose last night, but they're slowly climbing back into that picture – so we'll have to keep an eye on them who are down below the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins right now are 5-2-1 and one in the month of March. We always talk about how good the Pittsburgh Penguins play this month historically. They're off to a good start again. Like I said, this stretch is a lot of games in a short amount of time. But when it comes to the competition, it does it is a level lower than it has been because the Penguins have played solely playoff caliber teams the last three weeks it seems like and they were able to get really good results against them so we'll see what they do against the Blue Jackets and against the Sabres on Tuesday and Wednesday I would imagine you have Tristan Jari playing against the Blue Jackets no yeah I think so because mm-hmm. um, I guess DeSmith is going to see the Rangers at least once I'd assume uh, yeah I would I would think so to. either that either that or have I mean have Jari play Tuesday, Friday, and then next Tuesday, it's not bad. And have DeSmith play Wednesday against the Sabres and Sunday against the Red Wings. Uh, you know, we'll have who to knows. see. Who knows? There's a lot yeah, going on. Knows? I would also, you mentioned how good the team has been in, in the month of March. I would love to see the Penguins record throughout March, uh, only March games in Crosby's career. That could be arranged. Uh, I, I if I have some extra time today, when there's like a lull in the moves, maybe I'll maybe I'll run that through for Thursday's yeah, episode. Because I was just looking for team splits on hockey reference, and that's not a thing. And I know you couldn't just look up Crosby's. I know there was a, there's a month split for players. Yes, but um, not for victories. But that would be disgusting. Just just for how gross the Penguins are in the month of March, regardless of the year, regardless of how of the skill of the team, for some reason. They do really well. Even that 2015 yeah. year, really well. Yeah. Close so, into the playoffs somehow. The last thing I want to talk about really quickly and ask, before we move on to some trade deadline talk, talk about the moves we've seen already, talk about the moves the Penguins have made over the weekend. Do you think the Penguins are still overplaying Tristan Jari, or do you think they're doing a good job of starting to balance it out? They're definitely starting to balance it out a little more. It's still not ideal. You want to see Jari gets a little more rest in, but... Um, you also want to secure wins 
and that's yeah. the thing. I, you got to secure the victories, and you know Jar is going to be the man that does it. Um, how many games has he played so far this year? Do we have that number? Should he has way. played in, uh, for some reason, the Penguins app doesn't have games played, but he's played in, let's see, 31 plus 12 is 43 plus 6 is 49 games. Okay. So that's about where we would have expected him to be at the, maybe a little over that at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it hasn't seemed like DeSmith has played in uh, games at all. Still trying to get that uh, goals against average down. It's finally below three at 299. Uh, but. Hey, you know what? He's get he's definitely shown improvements and he's gotten better. Um, maybe something will pull through. Maybe De Smith pulls off some wins because he's going to be playing against uh, some important teams. And whenever the backup goalie is in net, your defense plays a different style. That's just mm-hmm. how it works. And if you, I don't have the I don't have the team stats, but Crosby's numbers in March are filthy. Yeah, two hundred nine games, two hundred sixty six points is a career yeah. high in terms of a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, with 94 goals and 172 assists. That's also the most games he's played in a month. Okay, yeah. But still, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Like, he's he's not even close to a point a game. He's so far beyond that. Yeah, like 266 and 209 is disgusting. He's also he's also over point per game in games in May. Shout out to six points in five games. Mm-hmm. The Pittsburgh Penguins have 19 games left. If I would If I would have it the way that I'd like to see it, it's the fact that I, I would like to see Jari get 10, DeSmith get 9, but that's not going to happen. We're probably going to see Tristan Jari 14, 15 more times and Casey DeSmith 4 or 5 more times. And that's totally fine. Based based on where the standings are, that's what I, I'm projecting as of right now, that we still see Tristan Jari start 14 or 15 more games. You know, and that's just the way it's going to be. We know he can um, pick up wins that's exactly what we need we're not too worried about which goalie it is you just don't want to burn him completely out i mean at least he's not playing Brodeur numbers he's not doing patrick wall numbers it's just he's getting the rest where he might need it Mm -hmm. um and hopefully in the month of april because that's the last month it doesn't go into may this year (sighs) maybe we see the smith a handful of times it'll be interesting yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, it all depends on the Penguins' positioning. It depends on the way they're playing the game. And it also probably depends on how Casey Smith has performed. And as of late, it's been pretty good. So you can't complain too, too much about the backup goalie position. But we we're going to take about a... trade deadline. Have we completely abandoned the backup the backup goalie as a trade idea? Yes, it's gone. Got it. Just wanted to yeah, say that I, before I, we I, break. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to see a backup goaltender come to Pittsburgh. I might be wrong. But uh, I know Anton Forsberg just signed an extension in uh, in Ottawa. But other than that, nothing as of yet on the trade deadline market. But we are going to take a break when we come back. We're going to talk trade deadline, break down pens getting Nathan Beaulieu, talk about the Mark Friedman signing, and talk about who else the Pittsburgh Penguins could get as well as the entire Atlantic Division and Eastern Conference arms race. We'll be right back. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers 
a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is trade deadline day. It is one of the biggest holidays of the year if you're a hockey fan, especially if you're somebody that covers the sport of hockey, so you know we're in our element this year. As the Penguins, they got to work late last night, acquiring Nathan Beaulieu, defenseman from the Winnipeg Jets, in exchange for a very, very conditional seventh round pick. Now, Beaulieu is a left-handed and left-shot defenseman that'll play on the left side, which when you look at the Penguins' left side, they already have Brian Dumoulin, Marcus Pedersen, and Mike Matheson. So it might spell something for Pedersen, but we'll have to see as the day goes on. The conditions for this pick, the Penguins would need to win three rounds in this year's playoffs, and Nathan Bullhue would have to play 50% of those games. Currently, he's on LTIR, so his salary cap does not count against the Penguins' cap space. I don't think you're going to see him in the regular season at all. I think they're just going to leave him on LTIR. He hasn't played since March, or I believe it was March 4th is the last time that he played in a game. And also, he's not going to play in the postseason. What this basically tells me is they don't like Yusuf Rikla. We already knew this, though. Yeah, we did. It's uh, game over. Does he have another year left still, doesn't he? I, mean, uh, I don't know. They signed up for a two-year deal, I believe. Yeah, I believe he'll have a year left. I can double-check that real quick. Yeah, we all have all these websites open at our disposal. Just Yeah, it, it's just about game over, I would say. Even if Bowie doesn't play, it's just a matter of, clearly, we just don't see the potential. Yeah, this is the last year of Ricola. The only yeah. defenseman in uh, the AHL at, signed after this year is Maniscalco, so... You know, that that's probably smells the end for Yusuf Rikula. Hey, he's a UFA. Someone out there hopefully has been keeping an eye on him and can use him and get him some more NHL time before he just has to go back and play in Finland because that just seems to be the end of it for him. That just mm-hmm. seems to be the landing place after this year. Yeah. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that this bull you trade basically to me is like the Weidman trade a couple years ago. You bring him in as a just-in-case. You bring him in because you're planning on trading away a left defenseman, probably Pedersen, as of this moment is who I'm thinking. But you bring him in because you still have, you know, Mark Friedman, who will jump into the lineup right away. You don't have to use Bull. You, you have P.O. Joseph that can jump into the lineup as well. So I don't think that we have to worry about Nathan Bull. You playing, especially in the playoffs. I don't think he'll get in, especially 50% of the game. I mean, unless something awful happens and injuries happen they do i understand that but unless a lot of them pile up we're probably not seeing nathan bolu so we're not trading that pick that in my opinion they're, they're not gonna end up losing that seventh round pick and then bolu will be gone after this season they might sign him back but I, I i really i really doubt it and even if even if they do lose the pick it's a seventh rounder 
Yeah. Are you that worried about it? I mean, I saw somebody today say, well, you know, even though it's only a seventh round pick, sometimes you get guys like Valtteri Pustin in, in the seventh round, which, okay, good point. But at the same time, that is so few and far between. The it is very, that, very yeah. few and far between. And as of right now, I mean, Pustin is okay. We haven't, we, I, I'd like to see more of him. Oh, but absolutely. at the same exact time, it's it's not like we're saying this is uh this is Patrick Hornquist here who was an undrafted guy or he was a seventh round guy he was, he was the picked last. last. Pick. Yeah, so like every once in a while you're right that you're a hundred percent correct that every once in a while you get a star, but playing the law of averages, especially considering the fact that we're not going to lose this pick, uh, I'm okay with the seventh round pick for a little bit of injury insurance on the back end. For sure, for sure, fine with it. So another move that was made not in the trade market, Penguin signing defenseman Mark Friedman, the shit disturber, as I like to call him, to a two-year extension, only $775,000. A little bit of a pay increase for Mark Friedman. But again, they signed Chad Ruedel for two years. They signed Mark Friedman for two years. Once again, Ron Hextall is loading up on cheap defensemen that are doing really good things for him this year. Yep, here is a defenseman who will play, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. We could talk about Mark Friedman for the next two years. That's going to be a ton of fun. This dude doesn't care. Doesn't <laughs> give a shit. The Steeler fans keep wanting us to sign Tyron Matthew. Well, the Penguins found the equivalent. All right? Yeah. He's How the hockey honey that? badger. Exactly. So we'll take Mark Friedman for basically dirt cheap. And he's not going to play all 82. He could. Probably not. No, probably not. But he could. And we'd be okay yeah. with it. Um. A, he's a ton of fun to have on the team. He's young. He's only 26, and he does the right things, which is get under the opponent's skin and is not very often out of position. Is he mm -hmm. in the box sometimes? Sure. Who cares? He's the third-line defenseman. That's what we have uh, other two other lines for and possibly more backups in the sense of uh, Bowie. So screw mm -hmm. it. The good thing about Mark Friedman and the reason that you getting him cheap is a good thing. He's a right shot defenseman, which usually commands a little bit more money on the market. So getting him signed up before he goes to market, two-year extension for very cheap. It's a very good move by Ron Hextall. He's been pretty good with his signings up to now, and he just continues to add quality small contracts like Mark Friedman, who, you know what? You mentioned it. Mark Friedman... Iron Penguin Award winner would sound really good. He hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Maybe next year we get to see Mark Friedman get that award. But you know what else he's affectionately known as in Penguins Twitter? The expected goals god. 56.3 at 8 expected goals percentage at 5 on 5. For a third pairing defenseman that has not played all year to come in, play that nine game stretch and be that good. Really impressive from Mark Friedman. He does a really good job at protecting his own zone. And also, he's not that bad at transitioning into offense. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to go out and give you Chris Letang type numbers when it comes to assists and goals and stuff like that, but he's not offensively inept, which is nice to see. He scored a game winning goal. I believe it was what last week or two weeks ago. And then also his high danger chances for, which is what I really like to look at for defensemen. 57.26% of them when he's on the ice at five on five go to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he's done all the right things. And Ron Hextall, you know, gave a dog a bone, if you, if you will, because this guy is, he's going to be annoying to a lot of people, especially in the postseason. If he's in the lineup, he's going to get under the skin of fan bases and opponents alike. It'll be great. I'm excited for Mark Freeman and good for him getting this, this deal as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, good for him. He's earned it. He's earned it. Again, it's not much. I mean, sometimes you see a guy play 
yeah, play like that and become a fan favorite and you want him to get his bag. Well, mm-hmm. while $775,000 in the NHL was not collecting your bag per se, it's exactly what he uh, was going to make and it's good for him. It's fun stuff. And he gets to stay with a team he seems to like. The team likes, likes mm-hmm. to have him around. Um, so it'll be a ton of fun. Yeah, we used to think that he just got that riled up against the uh, <laughs> against the Philadelphia Flyers. Turns out that's just the way he plays. Yeah, that's it's everyone. That's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. So good for Mark Friedman, and also I think if it if not for Mark Friedman, the way that he played the last nine games, whenever Mike Matheson went out of the lineup, one I don't think he would have gotten this contract right now. I think it would have it would have waited until the offseason. and two. I don't think I'd be quite as okay with getting rid of a guy like Marcus Pedersen. Mark Friedman has just been that good that you don't care if Pedersen goes and you get Friedman to slot up in there. I think it's also due to the fact that Mike Matheson has been so good this year, but I think Mark Friedman is a big reason as to why the Penguins are going to be able to trade their picks. Yeah, so fun fun little update. Uh, this, this will take a name off of a trade board. Yep. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, at the beginning of the year, it was thought that he was going to be sent out immediately but jake debrusque is re-signing with the Mm -hmm. boston bruins two-year deal (laughs) okay for elliot friedman i mean we even said it a couple weeks ago when we were talking trade deadline the guy is now playing on the first line for boston and he's starting to produce once again this is what the penguins were hoping would happen with kasperi kapanen but it didn't so good on jake debrusque and honestly good on the bruins They're, they're gonna be they're getting scarier and scarier as the time goes on yeah, it, it's this was just nutty because of how open, he's been wanting traded for multiple years. It's not even like this was just a new development for Boston. They said, "Hey, all of a sudden, Jake DeBrusque is good. We need him. Here's two. Here's two more years." I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah. So as the day goes on, we'll have to see what the Pittsburgh Penguins do. Let's not look at targets because we've looked at trade targets for the Pittsburgh Penguins. For a long, like a couple of weeks. So we'll talk about that when it when it happens. We'll either be live or we'll be releasing a reactions podcast later in the day today about whichever trade the Penguins make. And if they don't make a trade, you'll hear from us on Thursday. That's all we have to say about that. But I feel like something's coming. So let me ask you this quick question. When you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, what other trades raised your eyebrows that you were like, oh, wow, like really? Which trades did that to you? So... The Claude Giroux one's an easy one because it was so popular. We even kind of hinted at it a little last week. We didn't have a destination in mind. We just knew there had to be the ceremony, the game, and then he was getting dealt. Florida, I was not expecting because they're a team that's trying to stack up and get over their hump. I don't know if Claude Giroux is a guy that can do it, but he's definitely an aid and an assistance to a team like that who can now continue to build up their offensive uh, repertoire, mm-hmm. especially with like, someone got hurt. I, me and Megan had the game on and had a Panthers game on on ESPN plus in the background and someone got hurt. Don't know how bad it was or the severity of it. I just can't remember. I think it was Ekblad might be wrong at that. Oh, Oh, and if it's, I, if see, nothing's... I, I haven't paid. I haven't really watched any games this past week. It's just been all waiver, like trade deadline stuff. And you know what? Since it's not ringing a bell to you, maybe he's okay for what it's worth. Things are happening in Florida, though. I'm going to stick on to that mm-hmm. one just because they have a hump to get over, and they seem to think uh, a veteran presence like Claude Giroux can be the guy that gets him over it. And you know what? Mm-hmm. He might be able to. I don't know what he has left in the tank. 
as you know whatever he, he as a former flyer you as a penguin fan you're not a fan of him but now he's on a different team and you can respect him a little more yeah i think there's a little bit more respect for claude drew once people stop trying to coordinate him as the next face of the league you know that that started to the hate for him started to go down in pittsburgh but it's still it's still there a little bit more um just a little further on the jake debrusque signing uh, Elliot Freeman tweeted, it's very interesting because the trade request has not yet been rescinded and they, the worry about his qualifying offer next contract is now erased so it's easier to trade him. All right. <laughs> so, That's what I'm saying. Still it's so it's, it's deadline day. It's it's deadline day. Crazy stuff happens all the time. A side and, and trade at deadline day would be interesting. So I, uh, the, the other thing too, though, is I get that like when an NHL team does a signing or a move like that, they have to make the big tweet about it. The big mm-hmm. like... Here's our edited photo of the player we just resigned. Would they have to if they planned on trading him anyway? Uh, I'm sure they they put out a tweet that just said, "Hey, we resigned Jake DeBrusque, and then hey, we traded Jake DeBrusque." I think like back to back, just in the same thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You even put it in the same tweet. We resigned Jake DeBrusque, and then we traded Jake DeBrusque for this and this and this. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, I, but uh, yeah, I just keep. I'm just like scrolling through three different twitters here, so if I seem very all over the place that's why mm-hmm. so the big three trades that happened over the weekend obviously toronto getting mark giordano and colin blackwell good for them honestly they they actually got it for a really good price so i thought that was a nice addition for toronto they also sent out travis dermott to the vancouver canucks for i believe a third round pick or something like that so nonetheless toronto has been busy i thought that those moves do improve their chances heading into the playoffs but the rest of that division has been ridiculously crazy obviously we talked about boston they added hampus lindholm from the anaheim ducks and then proceeded to sign him to an eight-year extension for six and a half million dollars per year so they lock him up the bruins have needed another big name defenseman on that lineup all season long they get their guy in lindholm and they traded away a first rounder two second rounders john moore and then oh i'm gonna screw this name up erho vakanainen and that's who they traded for Hampus Lindholm. So I thought that that was, you know, a little bit of an overpay, but also the amount of defensemen on the market are very low. The amount of defensemen at the level and the skill level of, of Hampus Lindholm is even lower. So I thought that was a good deal for Boston. I thought Florida absolutely stole Claude Giroux. I mean, trading away Owen Tippett, sure, he's a pretty good prospect, but a third round pick and a first round pick that is conditional it's to me i thought claude Giroux would go for a lot more especially a couple of days after seeing the fact that tampa bay got brandon hagel for two conditional first round pits picks taylor radish and boris kachuk who are both nhl caliber players right now that was the most ridiculous one to me and i'll talk about that one specifically i wanted brandon hagel for the pittsburgh penguins and there are overpays and i get some overpays but the pay for Brandon Hagel, a guy who is only in his third year in the National Hockey League, he is really good, but he is 24 years old. Now, you might be paying a little bit more because he got two more years on his deal, $1.5 million, very easy cap flexibility for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's nice and all. But this basically told me that Tampa Bay gives no shits about their team after two years because they, are tra- they traded, honestly, The fact that they gave up two first-round picks for Hagel was a lot. Then they send Radish, who is one of their best prospects that has started to play this year and actually started to produce this year. And uh, Boris Kachuk, who is a pretty decent player in his own right, 
I was very surprised. I mean, good on the Chicago Blackhawks for making that deal because they, they absolutely just juiced Tampa Bay for everything they're worth in that one. Yeah, they did. Reuniting an old uh, OHL line, those three that played in Erie and Dabrinkit, uh, Radish, and now and with Strom already there. That could be fun. The the Chicago Otters, not bad. We like to see it. Um, one thing, though, about that overpayment is just how much talk immediately came out following of Chicago. I know they're in the West, but of Chicago rumored to be shopping around to Brinkett and Patrick Kane. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Patrick Kane, I get. He's yeah. been there. This is the older guy that you're going to part ways with if you're going to strip for the rebuild. To Brinkett's your future. You sell... If... Listen, if, if Chicago came to you and said, hey, we're shopping around to Brinkett, you can have all of the Penguins' first-round picks. You can have Lagare, Poulin, take them. Rose, Ronzi Contreras, take them. Take the Pirates' <laughs> co- prospects. I don't care. Her Cubs need some help. Maybe the White Sox do too. Like, take them. We'll figure it out. You got Alex Dabrinkit locked up forever and ever. You make that work. Any team that, didn't, that saw that tweet and it didn't immediately call... Who's the Blackhawks GM? Uh, Kyle Davidson. Yeah, if someone, if if every GM saw that tweet and didn't immediately call Kyle Davidson and said, "What are you actually willing to do with Alex Debrinket?" Yeah, they're not doing business correctly. And it even came out and said that it's going to take a lot of a, a long haul. Like it's going to take a lot to get him away, which makes sense yeah, because it it's, it's what should be the case. But at the same exact time, I don't think that Debrinket's going anywhere now. Kane is interesting, and I do want to read this tweet from uh, Shelby Cassessi of KDKA Radio. Said an interesting tidbit from A. Carducci, who is a Penguins insider. Uh, she said she's hearing GM Ron Hextall may be more willing to part ways with some key pieces of the future or a top pick to go all in on this current window. Trade deadline is tomorrow at 3 p.m. Of course, this came out on Sunday. What if the Penguins got Patrick Kane? First off, big shout out to uh, desk neighbor Shelby Cassessi. Uh, mm-hmm. B, Patrick Kane. We need a score. That would be winger. very interesting. Yeah, that would be. That would be. Whew. I. That's a. That's a. That's a wild one. That's a very, mm-hmm. very interesting idea because we know what he can do. I mean, as a for me, I have not liked him as a hockey player for so long now that it's it's coming to the point where I have to respect how good he's been because he's been mm-hmm. fun, a great player over the years. He's been Hall of Fame caliber if maybe a little overrated. I mean, I think that goes without saying, I, in my opinion. Just slap on a Blackhawks jersey, and there's already a little overrating there. But Patrick Kane's a different breed. I mean, maybe I would need someone who's, you know, watched him and appreciated him way more over the years mm-hmm. um, to really give better thoughts on this. But I just, the scoring winger for a middle six, I think he'd look damn good on Malkin's line. He would he would look very good with Evgeny Malkin. And here's the thing, he does have a 10.5 million dollar cap hit that also extends into next season as well. So That's the hard you'd part. Ha- you'd have to pay a premium. That would probably that would be worth multiple first round picks, Sam Poulin, goalie prospect, somebody else. But if you bring him in, I mean, in 59 games this year, 19 goals, 52 assists. Could you imagine a team led by Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Patrick Kane? I don't care how old he is. I don't care. He has 71 points this year. He had 66 and 56 games last year and 84 and 70 the year prior. This guy is still a premium scorer. Would he not and be he's the youngest obviously... of those three? You talk about how old he is. Well, he's, he's, 30... he's an older guy. 33. But... 
He'd be he's the 33. youngest of those three. <laughs> he would be the youngest of those three. This reminds me of, like, that would be equivalent to bringing in Jerome McGinley in 2013. Pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. It would be it would be a Ginla in 2013. It would be Marion Hosa from 2008. It would be one of the biggest trades of the Sidney Crosby era. It would be the biggest trade. You know, I love a Ginla. I love Hosa. This would be the biggest trade. Yeah, because that is namesake. That is proven three-time cup champion. Mm-hmm. It's not a Ginla who we're still trying to fight to get his cup. It's not Hosa who was younger and was still up and coming but was gonna be ended up being a uh hall of famer who also ended up winning three cups but just after the fact this one is you're bringing in the proven commodity the olympian the like the the olympic silver medalist the three-time stanley cup champion the one of the greatest american-born players ever i think is he not the highest scoring in terms of american yeah he's the most goals scored by an american-born player ever yeah that's the points i don't know if it's goals oh i'd have to look it up so would I. But he's up there. He is up there among the Mike Madonos, the other American-born players that are great that are just escaping me because too much is happening today. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Kane, while it might be a pipe dream, it sure. probably is. It probably is. It's probably not going to happen. But like, but again, it kind of fits. Right. But again, like I said, you send Poulin, you send Lager, you send three firsts, you send. T.J. Watt. No, I'm just kidding. Not that one. Not Hell that one. Hell no. Not that Whoa, one. The bite Bears your, bite are your too stupid. Fine. You send the O'Neal Cruz. You send. You no, start... still no. <laughs> Which Pirates? I at least prospects? want to watch O'Neal Cruz for two seasons before he gets traded away for nothing. <laughs> yeah, the Cubs just run him into the ground. It's okay. Yeah, but no, that 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 is a a little bit of a pipe dream, but it does make a little bit of sense. I I'm just thinking now of a, of a first line or of a first six for the Penguins. Gensel Crosby Rust, great first line. Heinen Malkin Patrick Kane. Like, Danton Heinen has to sit there and be like, what am I doing in this top six? <laughs> like, but how he, the, he, how did I get here? He looks at his numbers from last year and the team he was on just goes, what happened? <laughs> Immediately goes out and buys a lottery ticket. That's what he does. That, honestly, at the same exact time. So, I mean, we'll see. All of these are, are possibilities. This one a little bit less so. But we'll see what happens with the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to take a quick break. We'll return and talk a little bit about who might be going the other way, our Pens poll for this week. And then we're going to say goodbye for now. And we might talk to you later after that. But let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after it. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Horwat, I have fallen in love with the fact or the the hope and dream of Patrick Kane being traded to the Penguins today, and it'll be crushed in the next five hours because that's not going to happen. Four and a half hours till the deadline. I really don't think it's going to, but the thought of him in this Penguins lineup makes me very excited. (laughs) We thought too long and hard about that one. We did. We kind of went down a rabbit hole, but I think it's just because we're so close to the deadline that anything we say is going to be out of date in four hours anyway. That and 
moves have been happening. We've seen Giordano get moved. We've seen Claude Giroux get moved. And the Penguins have done nothing. They signed Mark Friedman. Nathan Bowie was here. But again, he's not really here. It's just been a lot of hey for, for Pittsburgh. It's been a lot of hey, here's nothing, but things you like. Yeah. So we're just expect. We just want the big move to happen for us. We want to be able to have the discussion of it because I think we may have gotten spoiled last year being on a live stream and we get yeah. Jeff Carter's coming and our initial reactions, of course, were not great because Jeff Carter was not expected. And let's be honest, he's old. Yeah, nobody could have imagined what he was about to do the rest of that season. Absolutely not, but we've really enjoyed it, and he's been great. He just needs to pull it back in a little bit, but you know what? That happens. When you're old and you re-sign for two years, you've got time to fix yourself. Yeah, but again, the last thing I'll say before we put it to bed, Patrick Kane brings his three cups over. Jeff Carter says, hey, I have my two cups. All of a sudden, we have the cup winners from basically every year in the 2010s. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Do we have a former Bruin? Danton Heinen, but he wasn't there. Danton Heinen, but he wasn't there. Jake DeBrusque just re-signed. I don't think he was there yet either. Yeah, I don't know. Trade for DeBrusque, too. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> just bring them, bring them all in. Trade trade the whole farm except Valtteri Pustin. It's not like we have a prospect pool anyway. It's kind of a piss puddle, if you ask me. If someone's willing to take something from it, hey. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's, let's do our Pens poll and say goodbye because we're probably going to have to record something later today. Uh, Pens poll for this past week was if one of these guys have to be traded, which one would you trade in the next week? These are all defensemen, of course. Marcus Pedersen ran away with the voting, and I think he's probably going to be traded maybe by the time I have this edited. I just got a... I got an alert on my phone and I got scared. Uh, but no, Marcus Pedersen, 67% of the vote. Most people are saying that he's going to be the one out of town. Mike Matheson and John Marino tied for second with 13%, which is barely nothing. And then other, which is 7%. I don't know what other defensemen would be traded unless somebody just randomly wants Dumoulin or Latang out of here, which I have seen it before. Yeah, I think I think Pedersen wins because he's been on the block. He's been on the block for so long. It's mm-hmm. it's been just this waiting game for him. We were discussing last year uh, the idea of him leaving, and nothing happened there. And then it kind of faded away. And then John Marino entered the discussion. Um, yeah, I think Pedersen's the one you still do trade out because he's got the high cap hit of being. A bit of an unproven commodity for a long time. Sure, he still has to grow into it, but I just—he's he, just very on the fence to me. High cap hit for another two years. It, um, I'm reading the wrong name. High cap hit for another four years, three years. I don't know. It's just interesting. I'm not the biggest proponent of Marcus Patterson. I think you can get value back for him. Yeah. Now the reason that I think he'll be traded, I think it goes along with the fact that. The Vancouver Canucks were able to acquire Travis Dermott from the Toronto Maple Leafs. They got their 20 to 25-year-old defenseman that is young and has some some cap flexibility. I think that might have softened their stance on taking Pedersen over Marino. That's why in my head, if I think if I had to place a bet, because I am a betting man, I'm a degenerate, I get it. But if I had to place a bet, I would say Connor Garland for Marcus Pedersen and other pieces get exchanged today. Mainly because Dermott goes over there. That gives them a defenseman. Instead of getting one John Marino, they get two defensemen in Pedersen and Dermott. That's a good addition there that both guys can play right away in your top six. And also the fact that the Penguins get Nathan Beaulieu. They have a little bit of of a backup plan once they get rid of Pedersen. It feels like the moves are leaning to looking at that type of a trade. But at the same time, like I said, nobody knows shit until we see Elliot Freeman say it. 
Elliot Friedman, Frank Cervalli, uh, Darren Drager, Kevin Weeks, and his barely in the barely in the screen <laughs> barely face. In the screen face. Uh, also, the Bob Father. You know, Bobby Margarita is back at TSN for his one day a year stint. How much money does he get paid for that deal? A lot, a lot of money. He gets paid so much money. Somebody, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Drager. It was Drager. Was like, just showed up at the TSN studios for trade deadline day. And it's a picture of a Porsche logo. He goes, I wonder who's here today. That's Bo- that's Bobby Margarita for you. That's freaking phenomenal. Yeah, We it's... were talking about him. I was on the Soda Pod yesterday and the pod actually dropped today. We were talking about him. I didn't even think about the fact that I have his book literally right behind me. Hell yeah. It's going to be an interesting day. Um, surely we'll be back. Maybe I'll be in a different setting as well. <laughs> um, gonna... I've I, I'm, I'm not followed Kevin Weeks that much, but um, he knows how to get his name out there, I guess, by showing up in a different location barely putting his face in the screen and announcing yes. a trade yes. um, and you know what that does that brings eyes to the game mm-hmm. that's what it's all about and yeah. we're still just waiting on literally anything to happen it's good that we've got gotten through 43 minutes of this recording with nothing with the jake debrusque signing yeah so <laughs> i was about to say you just the second i start to try to wrap this up you're gonna be like hey wait there's a trade oh but, i'm uh, sure of it uh but so in the sense of that, obviously, trade deadline day is a wonderful day. We're excited to see what happens around the entire league, let alone just with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But we're going to say goodbye. That's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Appreciate you all tuning in. Make sure you download, subscribe, all that stuff. Follow us on Twitter, all that stuff. We'll be back maybe later today if the Penguins make a trade. If not, talk to you guys on Thursday. But have a great week, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.